and welcome to Silver Age Silver Screen, the, the show where we... Blah, blah, blah. Let me restart that. That was bad. You're good. Hello, and welcome to Silver Age Silver Screen, the show where we discuss, watch, and fuck. I can't remember oh, my own opening. We do fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, no. God, I laugh so hard, I think I'm going to get hiccups. I guess that's the intro now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a podcast where we watch, discuss, interview, sci-fi, cult, superhero, and other stereotypically <laughs> geeky films. I'm your co-host, Casey Jarms. And I'm your other co-host, Riley Thorpe. Oh, God. Don't make me laugh. I'll try. Space Jam! We're watching Space Jam! The meme. The myth. The legend. Space Jam. You know, we watch a lot of cult films on this movie, and this is a cult film, but it's a specific type of cult film. I think sort of similar to how the B-movie is a cult film. Yeah. This is a meme film! This is new territory for us. Yeah, that means... It's going to be fun to talk about, but also it's probably, from an objective point of view, not the greatest film. But Yeah, no, I always bring it up. Every single cult classic film that we review, it's like, it's very hard to look at this objectively. And it's like, do we look at this as a film or do we look at this as fans? Because a lot of cult classics, and not most of them, but some of them, are pretty fucking bad. You know, so it's like we know they're bad and we talk about that. But it's like at the end of the day, it's like a cult classic is determined by an individual's enjoyment of said film. At a point, it's like you get enjoyment of it. That said, it could still be really fucking bad. I don't know. We're going to try to be both objective and subjective and we'll make it clear. When I mean, I mean, I will at least. I mean, honestly, this film, it's. It's a film that has had its resurgence enough that it's getting a sequel, which we will talk about. Oh, yeah. It has all this popularity resting not really so much on its quality, but on 90 kids' nostalgia. And Riley, do you have any nostalgia for this movie? Uh, to be perfectly honest, not for this movie particularly. I mean, I saw it maybe once or twice. Uh, I saw it a couple times when I was like a really little kid. So this is the first time I've actually seen the movie in like 15, 16 years. Honestly, and I'm 21. Like, I was a little kid. It's been a while since I saw it, but I watched this movie a ton as a kid. My grandma had it on VHS, so I do have that nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. Although, another question going into this. Riley, are you a basketball fan? Because this is a basketball movie. Uh, I'm not a big sports guy in general, but a big part of the nostalgia for me is not so much this movie, but with the Looney Tunes in general. Ah. When I was very young, I remember my family and I would always go up to my grandparents in Madison, Wisconsin. And there was one time where, because we were driving up there, we were going to miss the Macy's Day Parade. So my grandpa got, like, CDs to record it on. But he also, when he was at the store, my grandfather bought a DVD set of the classic, iconic Looney Tunes episodes. And every time that I would go to my grandparents' house, I would hang out with my grandparents, see my family, have a great time, but I would also watch the Looney Tunes. And goddamn, do I love the Looney Tunes. Like, as a child, I have so much nostalgia for, like, the classic Looney Tunes, you know? So, watching this movie again now, I don't have much nostalgia for this movie per se, but it's the Looney Tunes and their brand and their universe and their characters that I have a lot of love for. You know, it's actually kind of funny. I'm not a basketball fan, like, 
at all. Yeah, me neither. And this movie came out three years before I was born, and by the time that I saw it, Michael Jordan had already retired. So, like, I never watched basketball while Jordan was a player, but I watched this movie a lot as a kid. And as a side effect, when I hear the name Michael Jordan, I think of this before I think of him being the greatest basketball player of all time. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel bad. Sorry, Michael Jordan, but also, it's your own damn fault. Yeah. I mean, honestly. You agreed to be in a movie co-starring Bugs Bunny that was spun off from a couple of sneaker commercials. Exactly. I'm not a big sports guy in general. I don't know shit about basketball. But, like, recently uh, that The Last Dance documentary came out. I'm gonna be honest, I didn't watch that. I kind of caught glimpses of my parents watching it. They all had a lot of passion for it, but, like, no, I'm not a big basketball fan. When I think of Michael Jordan, I probably think of this as well. Of the movie that, on the poster, it says, Bugs Bunny, (laughs) Michael Jordan. And in the credits, too, it says it stars Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, my goal in life, I'm kind of not even kidding. Like, my goal in life is to be on a poster with Bugs Bunny and, like, to be in the credits with Bugs Bunny. Like, honestly, if I were in Michael Jordan's shoes at this point, the Air Jordans, (laughs) if I were in his shoes at that point, I'd be like, dude, this is the fucking greatest thing I've ever done. (laughs) Yeah, but you wouldn't. You do... Bugs Bunny's not a real person. He's in... He gets credited as an actor. He's not a real person. I can dream, Harold. He was played by Billy West in this movie, like the guy who plays Fry in Futurama. But no, they credit him as Bugs Bunny. Like, fuck you, Billy West. Fuck you, D. Bradley Baker. You're credited as Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. Yeah, this is off topic, but like what's crazy about Looney Tunes is that obviously Bugs Bunny is like the poster child for the Looney Tunes, Mm -hmm. but it didn't start out that way. Before Bugs Bunny was a thing, Daffy Duck was actually like the main Mm -hmm. Looney Tunes character because he was like around during World War II and he had a bunch of cartoons about that. And now they just do nothing but make fun of him and talk about how shitty of a person he is. And before Daffy Duck... Porky Pig was actually the main character of the Looney Tunes. So it's crazy to see that it went from like, oh yeah, let's go from this guy to this guy to this guy. And then that third guy is on the poster with Michael fucking Jordan, credited as himself yeah. as the character. Actually, I have like read that before. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in all of the really, really old shorts, Daffy, from what I've read, has that crazy manipulative trickster stuff that later was given to Bugs as Daffy was transformed into more the guy who gets screwed over while hanging with Bugs. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, obviously, they're just cartoon characters, and that was just kind of the popularity of the time. Bugs Bunny, it's interesting. Like, he was just kind of like the third character to be the most popular character, and now he's an icon. Everybody knows who Bugs Bunny is. I mean, to be fair, Bugs Bunny is a good character. I'm glad he's the icon. He's probably the most interesting Looney Tune. But... Without further ado, want to just jump right into this? Absolutely. The film opens up in the summer of 1973, where a young Michael Jordan is practicing basketball in his backyard while R. Kelly music plays. That scene did not age well. Oh. I believe I can fly. Wait, that's an R. Kelly song? Yeah. 
Great, now that's tainted. <laughs> Thanks, R. Kelly. I know. Actually, I mean, while we're talking about the soundtrack, I have to praise this movie. I believe I Can Fly, I mean, before I found out it was run by a rapist, is an unironically really good song, better than this movie deserves. While the movie's other, like, classic theme, like the Space Jam, like, come on and slam now, is so wonderfully, horrifically terrible that I can't hate it. Yeah. Also, the soundtrack features uh, Bugs Bunny rap. It's not good. <laughs> and you wonder why this movie's a meme movie. Come on and slam now is the most meme song ever. Right. Exactly. It's so dumb and bad in a funny way. Right. I mean, honestly, when I was watching it earlier today, just to be honest, like watching this movie, this movie is a really bizarre concept. Like. You take the Looney Tunes, cartoon characters that lived in their purely cartoon world. They challenge a group of alien people who are threatening to enslave them to a game of basketball, and they request the help of real-life Michael Jordan. Like, this is a really bizarre movie. (laughs) It's just so... But it's, like, hilariously funny. Yeah, and the opening, though, is not that concept at all. It starts out like a normal sports biopic. Yeah. has Michael, he's playing basketball, talking to his dad, who... Actually, they don't... I, they never actually meant... It's heavily implied, but it's never directly stated that Michael's father dies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, young Michael Jordan playing basketball, talking to his father. Then he goes through his career. He becomes arguably, honestly, probably the greatest basketball of all time. He's an Olympian. He has a bunch of championships. And then after his father's death, he abruptly decides to retire from basketball so he can do what his father always wanted him to do. Become a baseball player. That actually happened, by the way. Yeah, yeah. This film is just taking stuff from Michael Jordan's life, which I have more to say on later. But yeah, this is weirdly close to reality. There's nothing contradicting this movie from taking place in the same universe as a normal Michael Jordan biopic. Until, you know, the cartoon characters start coming in. No, they just didn't mention them. Like, that all really happened. Apparently. Right. (laughs) Jordan retired from the Chicago Bulls in 1994, and he joined the Chicago White Sox AA minor league for like two seasons, I believe. And then he went back to the Bulls for a couple seasons, and then he retired. Like, he actually played minor league baseball for a while. And interesting thing to me is, from what I've heard, he wasn't exactly a very good player. And this movie completely makes fun of that. It's like, yeah, he's a shit baseball player. He needs to go back and play basketball, which is very funny. Like, he was playing baseball when this movie was, like, in development. Like, awesome. Hey, I know your baseball career is bad and you're planning on going back to basketball. We're going to write into our movie that you're, like, the worst baseball player ever. (laughs) And honestly, I mean, the movie came out after he had returned and I believe had won a championship at that point. But, like, ooh, it would have been really awkward if the film's ending of him going back to basketball and being the greatest of all time again 
hadn't happened and he had been really bad because he was rusty. Yeah. So after this really poignant opening about Michael Jordan's real career, hey, let's check out Outer Space Cartoon Amusement Park with Danny DeVito and his little alien dude butt monkey minions. You know what? It took me an hour into the movie to realize that that was Danny DeVito. I said to myself out loud, I was like, that sounds like Danny DeVito. And then like an hour into the movie, I looked up, I was like, holy shit, this is Danny DeVito. I I love how he always plays fat, short characters. (laughs) Yeah, even when he's doing voice acting, which is, I mean, he has the voice of, well, Danny DeVito. So we cut to Moron Mountain, an outer space amusement park. Their leader, Mr. Swackhammer, played by Danny DeVito, wants a new attraction. And he accidentally hits a button on his remote and it turns on all the Looney Tunes cartoons because plot connivance. So he sends his minions to go kidnap the Looney Tunes so they can be in his amusement park. Yeah. So the little alien dudes, the Nerdlux, they go to the Looney Tunes world and they run into Bugs Bunny. And vaporize him with a laser gun. And that's like a bit of a contention point with this movie. Like, Chuck Jones, one of the main guys who for years and years and years wrote the Looney Tunes, hated the movie based solely on the reason that, yeah, Bugs Bunny could have defeated the Nerdlux on his own. He didn't need Jordan. Right, yeah, based on the cartoons alone, Bugs Bunny can defeat anybody. But for me, what was really weird for me was like, Jordan is playing baseball, and then a really, really dated CGI spaceship just goes flying past and they're all like, oh, what was that? Whatever. And then it goes into a hole to the center of the Earth, and that's where the Looney Tunes have been existing throughout their entire existence. Which is really funny to me, because I never thought of the Looney Tunes as existing in our Earth's crust, you know? Here they are. What even are the Looney Tunes in this? Like, who framed Roger Rabbit? Which this film is heavily drawing from, by the way. This is, hey, what if we made Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but with Michael Jordan? That would sell a lot of sneakers. Like, in that, the cartoons are their own race, I guess, of people who live in their own neighborhood that applies to cartoon physics. And, like, they're filmed. The cartoons are actual, you know, film things. But in this, the Looney Tunes, they live underground, Behind a giant Warner Brothers logo, which raises so many questions, like, what is Warner Brothers in this? Are they, like, evil gods who enslave these cartoon characters from the center of the earth? Here's my theory. Warner Brothers is, to this universe, what Disney is to our universe. Hot take. I mean, Warner Brothers is... Kind of that in our universe. Disney, please hire me. Another thing about the Looney Tunes. When the Nerdlux invade and they have to all meet up, we see Porky Pig running into a Roadrunner cartoon and just like saying, hey, we have to go. And then the cartoon is just blank. So... Does that mean that the Looney Tunes are constantly 24-7 doing these sketches? Like, I have so many questions, and this film answers none of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the type of film where it can get off on just the laziest possible world building, but goddamn, there is no world building. Exactly. Like, in this scene in particular that you just mentioned, he goes home, and he's attacked by the bulldog, Charlie, 
who's a beautiful bulldog, by the way. I love dogs. I love bulldogs. Very chonky. Yeah, I used to walk a bulldog for a lady who went to my church. Oh, that's nice. Very nice dog. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, as the, the maid is pulling the dog off of him, Jordan's wife pulls up in her minivan with, like, arguably more children on the baseball team than that car can handle. It's a clown car. At that point, it's just unsafe. Jordan married a clown. No disrespect to Michael Jordan or his wife. In this universe, I'm not saying in real life. In real life, he probably married a normal person. But in this universe, he married a clown and he got her clown powers. And that's why he's able to interact with the loony. Yeah, as if Michael Jordan would ever watch the show. But his son walks out last. He sees his son's very depressed by the fact that, like, his son just is terrible at baseball. He just lost a game, like, really badly. I, I was like... I really hope, and personally, I really hope that this subplot of his son trying to succeed at what his dad is, in his eyes, is succeeding at, but in real life they're both failing at, I, I can't wait to see how this subplot comes back into play in the movie. Nope, nope, it's the last scene we see of it. Yeah, that's really weird. Like, they set up early on in this movie, A, Michael is heavily motivated by the recent death of his father that is never mentioned after the scene that implies it, and B, that Michael, like, he's a father. He's a father who apparently lives in a normal middle-class home, not a mansion, whatever. There could have been a really strong thing about fathers and sons in this movie that it just never goes into. Right. And honestly, it's a movie about Michael Jordan, a grown man, interacting with cartoon characters, a symbol of youth. Like, I feel like that's something the movie could have worked with. Totally. But yeah, they go inside. The news reports on Michael Jordan having his terrible game. Then he turns on Looney Tunes. And Porky calls an emergency meeting. And uh, yeah, the screen just sticks on this road next to a canyon. And again, like you said, yeah. it's like, wow. So they're just acting this out. The Dark God Warner Brothers must be furious. This is like Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe level shit, you know, where Deadpool realizes that he's just a comic book character and this endless cycle of death, rebirth, suffering and violence is just for the real people's amusement. That's really fucked up. And how did they get cameras down at the center of the earth? What is Warner Brothers up to? Release the Snyder Cut. I don't know. They did release it, and... Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm not watching it until we do a review on it. From what I've heard, either it's the greatest movie ever, or it's still really bad. I have a feeling I know which one of those is more accurate. Yeah, personally, I'm probably gonna watch it this weekend, honestly. Oh, we missed a scene earlier. Like, there was a scene of Michael being bad at baseball, and I'd like to note, it's so heartbreaking that he's bad at baseball, and the fans cheer for him and the other players and his team are nice to him because he's Michael Jordan. He's the greatest of all time, but he sucks at this. But people won't let him suck. They just want to suck up to him. Yeah, yeah. Again, like that was another really interesting layer of subtext to it. This, this idea, he even tells his son right before he changes the channel to Looney Tunes. He tells his child, his son, what's worse than people telling you that you're the worst is them telling you that you're the greatest. And I was like, damn. That's like actually kind of really profound for this movie, for what they're going for. But shame, they don't really go into that that much. I mean, I guess like, well, people are nice to me whether I'm good or bad, so I'll just go be good at something. I don't know. It's a really messy character arc that Michael Jordan has in this movie. Mm -hmm. 
So, the Looney Tunes, they have this meeting to decide how to take out the Nerdlucks. And Bugs Bunny actually, in a rare character-accurate intelligence moment, he writes a book, very obviously fake, just writing on a normal textbook. Rules that you have to follow while enslaving the Looney Tunes. And it says you have to let them fight for their survival by playing a game. Oh, okay, uh, what game do you want to play? I mean, it's in the book. We have to follow the book. And the Looney Tunes meet and they discuss what game they should play against these really, really short aliens. They choose basketball. Yeah, Bugs Bunny hands them a book of how to draw cartoon characters and he crossed out cartoon characters. Right, that's what it is. He replaced them with like defeat or something like that, conquer or whatever. And uh, he wrote on a piece of paper that he wrote and he taped to the inside of the book. They challenged these characters to basketball, but these aliens have never heard of basketball before. So what they do is they disguise themselves as a regular person and they go to uh, the New York Knicks basketball basketball game and they steal the top five characters talent they steal their talent for basketball they steal the talent of real life new york knicks players charles barkley ahmad rashad patrick ewing mugsy bacchus i am sorry if i mispronounced that Muggsy Bugs, Bugs, maybe? Bugs, yeah, yeah. And Sean Bradley. They steal the top five characters. What they say are the top five players. Yeah, earlier you were saying characters like it's a tier list in a fighting game. These are real men, Riley. Yeah, and they play themselves in this movie. These five guys, they go to a basketball game, steal their talent, and imprison it in a basketball. So, again, I give them absolute props for creativity in this movie. This is insane. How amazingly creative this film is. I knew what the plot was going in, but I could not help myself from laughing when the orange alien was like, I stole his talent. And I'm like, okay, come on. It's just funny how ridiculous it is. Like this movie is a kid's movie through and through. There's a lot of problems with the plot and the story, but like at the end of the day, it's pretty fun. Yeah, the aliens, they steal the talent, whatever that means, from NBA players. And throughout the film, we get little short cutaways that I actually think are probably the funniest scenes in the movie of just the NBA players dealing with the fact that we don't have hand-eye coordination. Like, there's a scene where one of them's praying that he won't do anything bad again as long as he gets his talent back. One of them, I think was Barkley, plays against some middle schoolers and loses. One of them talks to a shrink about his nightmares about losing to children, and it wasn't a dream, Doc! It really happened! Yeah, well, and that's the funny thing, is, like, when they they showed footage of them on the side of the court, one of the guys, he's like, I'm good, coach, put me in. I, I don't know, I, something happened there, but I'm feeling fine now. And he, like like, tried spewing water in his mouth, but he, like, missed and got his shoulder all wet. And it's like, yeah, they stole their talent for basketball, but they did more than that. They completely got rid of their hand-eye coordination. Yeah, and because the Nerdlucks have stolen this talent, they, like, absorb it, and that makes them seven-foot-tall beefcakes! Mm, 
damn! Just these massive, ridiculously big basketball players called the Monstars. Because this film is nothing if it is not subtle. So, it was after the Monstars turned themselves into these giant behemoth basketball players by stealing the, the player's talent that Bugs Bunny and the other Looney Tunes decide that they need some help when defeating the Monstars, or else they will become enslaved. So who do they choose? The greatest basketball player who's currently playing baseball, Michael Jordan. Yeah, when they decide to get Michael Jordan, he's out golfing with his friends. Playing golf with Bill fucking Murray, who I completely yeah. forgot was in this movie. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Michael Jordan is playing golf with Larry Bird, who... Just side note, pause real quick. Michael Jordan does not act very good in this movie, but holy shit... Larry Bird cannot act. <laughs> no. He's so bad at acting. Whatever. Honestly, I love Bill Murray. I think he's funny. I don't even think Bill Murray's that great in this movie. Is he even acting or is he just being Bill Murray? Right, exactly. Like, that's my... Th I think... I don't know. I'll get into Michael Jordan's acting in a little bit. But, yeah, I just... When it got to Bill Murray, I, I was like, The fuck? Bill Murray's in this? That is awesome! Why are you golfing with two really, really good basketball players? But then this leads to probably my favorite lines in the movie. Like, that said, Bill Murray, I don't think Bill Murray's great in this movie. I do think he's a good actor, but like, holy shit, he has some hilarious lines in this movie. Like, basically his whole thing is they're on the golf course, Bill Murray's got an umbrella hat on his head. And he's all like, basically talking about how he wants to be a professional NBA player. And he's like, dude, come on. I got the talent, I got the passion, just just let me do this. And Michael's like, no, there's no fucking way you are getting into this. And then in this PG movie intended for children in the 90s, Bill Murray goes, oh yeah, is that because I'm white? And Michael, Michael's like, no, no, it's not at all it. Like, Larry's white. Bill goes, Larry's not white. Larry's clear, okay? I'm like, what? This is a kid's movie. There's so much, like, adult humor in this movie, which I actually give them props for this because I feel like a lot of kids' movies just play it too safe. There needs to be more adult humor in kids' movies. More blatant stuff like that. Like, yes, yeah, because I'm white. No, he's not white. He's clear. And stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I give him props for going for that in this movie. Also, with these three who are just playing themselves, is Wayne Knight, who's playing a character, he's Michael's assistant. And actually, I think Wayne Knight's probably the best thing in this movie. He's a very good physical actor in this. Just this obsessive loser personal assistant. Yeah, yeah. Wayne Knight played that guy in Jurassic Park who was trying to steal the DNA, but then got attacked by that giant frill lizard. Yeah, and he played Newman on Seinfeld. Yes, he did. That guy. And so, Michael, he gets a hole-in-one, and he goes to pick it up, and then he gets sucked down the hole into Looney Tunes land. Okie doke. Yep. Larry Bird and Bill Murray are kind of... They don't seem to be very concerned about their friend being kidnapped, just saying. No, not at all. But Wayne Knight's character, Stan, he is very, very concerned about Michael, so he spends most of the rest of the movie digging a hole trying to bring Michael Jordan back. I, I, I did think, like, though Bill Murray wasn't that great in it, Bill Murray is fucking funny as hell. It honestly sums up my entire thoughts on this movie. It's like, no, it's not the greatest film. It's not the greatest movie, but it's a lot of fun. You know, getting back to what you mentioned earlier about Michael Jordan not being that great. I agree. He's not that great. But I didn't think when he's in the real world, like the first act, I don't think 
He's terrible. I mean, don't get me wrong. Whenever a basketball player starts acting in a movie, like 98, if not 100% of the time, it's gonna be horrible. Like, no, no judge whatsoever. It's just like actors take years to study their craft. Basketball players spend years practicing playing basketball. You know, and like just that just goes with any sport. Wait, are you saying that Shaq isn't the greatest actor, Riley? That's exactly what I'm saying. There's a reason why he's teamed up with Adam Sandler. And he's been doing it for so long. Yeah. Is the thing. That man will not improve. I don't know. Shaq seems like a good guy, but he's not a very good actor. But I didn't think he was terrible in the first act. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's no Kevin Garnett in Uncut Gems. Kevin Garnett, have you seen Uncut Gems, Casey? Uh, yeah, I've seen it. He's good in that. Yeah, yeah. He is very good. So my point is, Michael Jordan, he's not, like, spectacular. But honestly, there was a big drop in his acting quality when he got to the Looney Tunes land. And I don't blame him, necessarily, because as I said, it's like, he was new to acting at the time. He was just a basketball player. But at the end of the day, it's like, they filmed all of that stuff uh, on Looney Tunes land on a green screen. And that's very hard for any actor, even like seasoned professional actors to perform on. Like in the the Hobbit trilogy, which came out a couple years ago, Ian McKellen, Sir Ian McKellen, knighted by the Queen of England for acting. He's been acting for like 50, 60 years. He almost quit The Hobbit because they were filming on green screens. And he's like, I, I have no idea. I can't act like this. When Sir Ian McKellen, Gandalf the Grey, when that guy is having a hard time on a green screen, I don't blame the guy who's new to acting for having some trouble with that. That said, as soon as he gets to Looney Tune land, holy shit, does his acting dip. Yeah. I mean, I thought he was good, but like overall, he doesn't have a whole lot of charisma that I think a movie like this would have served better with. You know, but even before that, like I said, the first act, he was decent, not great, but like as soon as he gets into Looney Tune land, it goes downhill. While we're on the topic of the Looney Tunes' place where they live, I'm not really sure what it is. The Dark God Warner Brothers is Hellscape Portal land. While they're there, let's talk about the animation for a second because it's very mixed like i'd say the looney tunes are phenomenally animated yes. there is some really talented animation in this but of course this is a movie where it's mixing live action and animation and it's hit or miss like when it's the looney tunes on a real set like being composited in it's good but when it's michael jordan in front of a green screen in a looney tunes area it's not great it's no. very noticeable oh yeah it like, just looks all the green screen and cgi are very dated and we can't necessarily judge that too harshly just because it it is like a what is it 25 20 yeah 25 year old movie 25 years old this movie is a quarter of a century old god that makes me feel I don't even know what that makes me feel. Yeah, so it's like, you can't really judge it for that, but I completely agree with you. There's some really bad CGI and green screen in this movie. All the Looney Tunes characters, they're very well animated into the scene. They do a lot of interesting stuff with shading to make them look as 3D as possible. And it's really cool. It's really good. But you're right. The green screen and CGI are like, goddamn. So... Michael just, without any hesitation, really, accepts, ah, oh, yeah, sure, I'll help you fight aliens. He's very, very calm during all of this. I feel like Michael Jordan should be freaking out during a lot of this, because this is crazy. Aliens exist. You were kidnapped by goddamn cartoon characters. Oh, side note. 
when they first get Michael Jordan there, they give him like a medical exam and it's like, haha, cartoon. They're like messing around with a real guy and just like doing bad medicine on him. But like one of the Looney Tunes looks inside Michael Jordan's ear to see if everything's all right. And you can see a goddamn paperclip in there. Yeah. Michael Jordan has a paperclip in his ear. <laughs> Is it pressing against his brain? Is that why he's not reacting like a normal person? Is that why he's just like, oh, yeah, I'll team up with the Looney Tunes. Why not? I mean, that makes sense to me, but, you know. They bring him to Looney Tunes land. They tell him the situation. He's kind of like, no, I don't want to get involved. But then the Monstars show up in their court, which is bullshit because they got the outside court. Why? What? You just go in there to be dicks, Monstars. Come on. Be better. Mm -hmm. Be better. I don't know. They show up and they grab Michael Jordan and turn him like they, they bend his limbs into making him into a CGI ball. And we've talked about fully rendered human CGI characters before, particularly in Harry Potter. But this movie, there's some really horrific full-body CGI people in this movie. Not a lot, two in particular. But like in that one, they turn him into a ball and play basketball with him. Which, again, points for creativity, but still. And then they fuck with Tweety Bird. They literally, they smack Tweety Bird into a wall. <sighs> you know... No one fucks with Tweety Bird. You don't fuck with Tweety Bird, okay? Unless you're Sylvester, then you're allowed because it's funny. Yeah, because Sil Sylvester's a loser, you know? But uh, yeah, it was at that point where he's like, yeah, the Monstars are fucking dicks. I'm going to team up with you and teach you how to play basketball to keep you guys from being enslaved, which is the plot of this movie. The Looney Tunes are about to be enslaved. Need I remind you? As they're like practicing, getting ready for this basketball game, we get introduced to a new character! Oh boy. The sexy female bunny named Lola, who has the personality of sexy and nothing else. Because A, this movie came out in the 90s, and B, there was definitely a furry who worked on this movie. They introduced oh, yeah. Hot Sexy Rabbit Lady. Mm-hmm. Lola Bunny made her introduction into this movie. Now... Uh, let's take a couple minutes here to talk about Lola Bunny as a character, her impact on future installments into this franchise, and... And why my dick is not hard right now. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd mostly like to talk about that last one. But, you know, let's just be real. Recently, with the new Space Jam sequel coming out, a couple weeks ago, or was it last week? It was probably last week. Something like that. I mean, we two weeks in advance. Right. As of filming this, oh, about a week or two ago, and when this comes out a couple weeks ago, new photos of Space Jam 2 have come out, and a lot of people are showing backlash against it. Because Lola Bunny, you know, the cartoon rabbit, doesn't have huge tits. Why doesn't Cartoon Bunny Lady make me horny, Riley? I... I don't know, honestly, <laughs> but like, Casey and I, neither of us are furries, okay? And, you know, at the end of the day, I make jokes, I make ridicules, you know what? Go to my TikTok page to see a bunch of jokes about furries, but like, at the end of the day, if you're into that, you're into that. But goddamn, the sheer amount of hate this is receiving, just a single photo of a fucking rodent, a fucking humanoid rabbit, an animal, not being sexy enough for you fucking Reddit incels? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, And you know what the wildest thing is? is 
I mean, her design has been changed a little in the trailers for the new one, but not a lot. And a lot of it's probably just because she's wearing really baggy clothing as opposed to the crop top in this. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it is people misremembering what Lola looked like. Like, she might be a little more sexualized in this one, but not a lot. The image that's going around, like showing her design in Space Jam versus her design in Space Jam 2. Yeah, that's not her design from Space Jam. That's a piece of furry porn that you are sharing thinking it's a still from this movie. You fucking morons. And here's the thing. It's like Lola barely has any lines and she has no character whatsoever. Oh God, Lola sucks. She's so boring. She's just... Fan service. She's literally just there to show off her legs. It's like, you know what? All the Looney Tunes are male. For representation, let's include a female one. Oh, should we give her a personality? No, she exists to be a sex object because it's the 19 goddamn 90s. And we're in that weird state that honestly we're kind of in today. Where we're progressive, but only to the bare minimum in a way that is somehow more sexist than not giving a shit at all. Here's the thing. There was a show on Cartoon Network called The Looney Tunes Show. It was a reboot of The Looney Tunes that ran for two seasons between 2011 and 2014. Now, I fucking loved that show. Yeah, it's great. It's not the same zaniness as classic Looney Tunes shorts, but it's a fun, entertaining cartoon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they take the characters in such very interesting directions. And because we live in a society where anything new is shit, so many people backlash against it. And it's like, no, this show is really good. I mean, it it, it took the kid, like, oh yeah, Bugs Bunny's character is, oh, he's supposed to be like the smart ass, the guy who always wins at the end of the day. But no, it's like, he struggles a lot in the show. And it's like, yeah, people are like, no, that's bullshit. That's not Bugs Bunny. Like, I agree that that's not typically what Bugs Bunny is known for. But at the end of the day, they made him a much more interesting character. The thing that that show did the best is it gave Lola a goddamn personality. They made Lola Bunny just absolute buck wild yandre weirdo who's really into bugs and is a moron and almost runs him over and is just insane. And she's funny and she's a character unlike this movie. Lola Bunny sucks. Get a new cartoon waifu. Lola Bunny in the Looney Tunes show was actually played by Kristen Wiig. But my point is, in this movie, I understand why people would be sexually aroused by her. <laughs> I do. And to be perfectly honest, I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not into 2D animated characters necessarily, apart from Lana Kane from Archer. Whoa. But... <laughs> But, and I'm not into animals either. You know, I want to get that out of the way right now. I am not a furry, nor am I into animals. But, but, Lola Bunny is a shit character in this movie. She is a much, much better character in the Looney Tunes show. Because she actually has a character, you know? And you people who are complaining about her wearing baggy clothes and not having... Big enough tits and ass. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, Not having big enough of those. Honestly, fuck you. And I mean that with all sincerity. Fuck you. I love you, but fuck you. You're fun to joke about, but fuck you.
So Michael Jordan, uh, before the big game, he needs to go get his shorts from his house because he always wears them in every game. And naturally, he doesn't go himself because who wants to see his loving family? He sends along Bugs and Daffy and they almost get eaten by the dogs and they meet Michael's children. I would say the animation that they did in that scene, like bringing the 2D characters into the real world, that was really impressive, even today. And now that he's got the shorts, they've practiced for one day, for a single day. This movie has a very short time frame. Honestly, it's amazing how much testing and like whole lives falling apart that the basketball players go through because, dude, it's been a day. You had an off night. Just get some rest and you'll feel better. It, it's not the end of the world. Right. But anyway, after getting the shorts, it's time for the big game! Da-da-da-da-da-da-da! Uh, the Monstars show up, the Danny DeVito boss shows up. I will say, though, I really appreciated the self-aware nature of this because there was a part when all the basketball players, Charles Barkley, Ahmad Rashad, all them, they Wait, showed up. Wait, hold on. I was going to let it pass because you said it earlier. Ahmad Rashad isn't one of the basketball players who gets his powers stolen. He's a broadcaster. The guy who you skipped earlier when listing off the basketball players is Larry Johnson. Just so we don't get the comments on it. Okay. Wait, hold on. I, I don't, I don't Just know Just looking it up. Ahmad Rashad isn't even a basketball player. No, he's not. Look. Where are you getting point, Ahmad I'm... Rashad from? Because I clicked pause on Amazon Prime and it said Ahmad Rashad was on the, the cast. Oh. I don't know. Honestly, I'm sorry if I offended anybody there. Like, I, I know nothing about basketball. But point is, the five of them were seeing this psychic who can see into the spirit world or whatever. And they were asking her, like, where did our talent go? And they said, she said, it was taken by these cartoon aliens. And I see Michael Jordan playing basketball with Bugs Bunny, which is exactly what's going on. And all the guys went, you know what, this is bullshit. You know what, <laughs> let's go. But there was a lot of interesting, funny stuff that they did with the basketball players. But then it cuts back to the basketball game starting. And the Monstars fucking wipe the floor with the Looney Tunes. Oh yeah, and uh, Stan was able to get down to the Looney Tunes land somehow. I don't know how or why or... I don't even think the script knew how or why, but he's no, there. No, the he's script doesn't. Of... There's a moment later on that shows that the script definitely does not have that figured out, nor does it care. In the locker rooms at halftime, after just being smoked by the Monstars, the Looney Tunes are down and out. And Bugs Bunny, he fills up a bottle with water and labels it Michael Jordan's secret stuff or secret serum or whatever. Just basically the stuff that he drinks to become the best basketball player ever. And he gives it to all the other players. And then they go back into the game and they just start cheating. They set up bombs on the hoops. They fucking use their cartoon logic to like physically assault the other characters and they start winning. But then the Monstars call timeout. Their guy just says, hey, start playing dirty. And then they start playing dirty and... <sighs> 
They put Tweety Bird in a fucking iron lung. Yeah, they put all of the Looney Tunes, save Bugs, Titty Bunny, and Daffy, they break all of the Looney Tunes. And naturally, the ref, who is Marvin the Martian, by the way, which is really clever because he's an alien and a cartoon. Marvin the Martian, the ref, naturally gives them a ton of fouls. I mean... I looked up basketball rules. I'm pretty sure if you deliberately injure like 10 different players, you get immediately ejected from the game. And even if you don't, the other team's going to get some free shots because, you know, fouls exist. But whatever. Let's not apply real sports logic to this dumb movie. Before we go into the end of this basketball game, which I have so many thoughts about. It's so goddamn stupid in the best way. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I don't like the basketball game in this very much. Like, the first half of just the Monstars beating up the Looney Tunes, it's really just a basketball game. And I mean, the second half is more creative. We get, like, Wally Coyote setting up traps. We get the Looney Tunes pulling out all sorts of crazy shit. Like, there's a Pulp Fiction reference for some reason. For, like, two seconds. Literally two seconds. I count. Yeah. I think the crazy cartoony basketball part went way too short, which is a shame because it's the only mm-hmm. time in this movie that was really Looney Tunesy, and that's overall one of the big problems with this film. And, and that was like something that was interesting to me is it's like this movie has a lot, and I mean a lot, of crazy interesting ideas, like just cartoony weird shit that's going on. And then when it comes down to the actual basketball game, it's like, you know, just a regular basketball basketball game that they're losing at for a while yeah and it's just so boring and it's pretty disappointing actually so right before the game ends they have to put in their last player on the bench Wayne Knight's character Stan and he gets fucking wrecked he gets flattened into a pancake which imagine how much that must hurt like it's a cartoon world but he's a real man he feels pain yeah but yeah he gets flattened like cartoony and then they inflate him and he blows away like a balloon and he's a cartoon character now for a scene which i assume that's what you were talking earlier when you said there's a few moments where the cg isn't good oh yeah when they start like pumping him full of air i was like holy fuck that is terrifying but now that wayne knight is down There are only four people left on the Toon Squad, which means they have to forfeit because they don't have enough players. But wait, who's that? Surprise reinforcements? Bill Murray, who's here somehow? Danny DeVito gives the best line in the film. Like, what? I didn't know Dan Aykroyd was in this movie. (laughs) Which is hilarious. Yes, Yes, I fucking love that. Like, just Bill Murray shows up out of nowhere and... Daffy asks him later on, he's like, how, how did you get down here? And Bill Murray was like, oh, you know, I'm friends with the producer, and he just kind of got me out here, you know? What okay. is this goddamn movie? It's, it's so <laughs> dumb, but it's funny dumb, but it's not a good movie. Like, dropping the facade, this isn't a good movie, but at least it's a movie that's fun to make fun of. Oh, yeah, of course. So the clock is running down. They just need one basket to win. 
Michael gets the ball and he jumps to get it into the hoop. And two of the monsters jump up and grab onto his legs to pull him down. So Michael is flying through the air with like a thousand pounds of alien muscle pulling him down. And he's in the air for like a minute straight because it's in slow-mo. And earlier when Stan gets flattened, he's like, hey, how isn't he dead? Oh, you're in Cartoon World. You can do cartoon things. So Michael Jordan channels his tomb powers and stretches his arm out while screaming. What the fuck is this movie? And he dunks the ball. It's so... It doesn't look good. It looks horrific. (laughs) And it's ridiculous. And I love it. Yeah, yeah. We forgot to mention the fact that during the timeout, they were able oh, to find right. out that the reason why the Monstars are so good is because they stole the talent from the players. And Michael said, if we win, you give the talent back. But if I, if we lose, then you get me as a slave. Which is, again, this is a kid's movie. Like, Michael Jordan is gambling with that shit. Like, that's a pretty dark shit. Well, you know shit. Michael Jordan likes gambling. Oh. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But Michael makes the basket and he saves the day. And Swackhammer, Danny DeVito's character, is yelling at his minions. And he's like, ah, oh, you lost. And Michael's like, hey, why do you work for him? Oh, because he's bigger and stronger than us. Wait a minute. And they blast off Danny DeVito. And they give their basketball talent back to Michael, who gives it to... Well, actually, he holds on to it for a bit. You know, his friends are going through an existential crisis, but you got that basketball game, man. And Michael Jordan takes the nerd luck ship back to the baseball game. And it's, this is the weirdest ending. Like, Michael Jordan wasn't a great baseball player, but they frame it like this is a baseball movie because he's got to get back to the game. And he flies there in a spaceship and he lands and the whole crowd is staring at him. And Stan runs out and announces, it's Michael Jordan! And he marches out and then probably gets struck out immediately because he's not a good baseball player. (laughs) Yeah. Then Michael Jordan gives the other basketball players their talent back and he returns to NBA and then he went on to win like three more championships, greatest of all time, yada yada yada. End of the movie. Space Jam. God damn. This is a very fun movie. Though if I am, (laughs) this is a very fun, it's a lot of fun. Like if I can sum this movie up, it's dumb and it's for kids and it's outdated, but it's fun. But to be perfectly honest with you, I'm kind of surprised as to why, kind of surprised, kind of not, that this movie in particular would become the meme that it has, you know? There's a lot of crazy weird shit that happens in it, and it was very iconic for the time, and it's honestly just kind of a sight to behold in and of itself, but honestly, I don't know. It's like, subjectively, it's a lot of fun. It's a great time. I had a blast watching this, but... It's not a great movie. It's not a great sports movie. It's not a great Looney Tunes movie. And I think that latter one is probably my biggest fault with this. Yeah. This is a really shitty Looney Tunes movie. Like, yeah. with the exception of Bugs and to a lesser extent Daffy, none of the Looney Tunes really have any lines or get to do their gags more than like once. And yeah, yeah. there is some wackiness at times, but for the most part, they're just not being the Looney Tunes. They're not 
not being zany, chaotic forces of chaos that are beating each other up in wacky slapstick ways. And you know what? For that reason, honestly, I do think the other Looney Tunes movie, Back in Action, with Brendan Fraser, as far as what I recall now, it's not a great movie, but I personally, from what I remember it, I think Back in Action is better than Space Jam, honestly. Because the Looney Tunes are actually, like, kind of front and center. They have that wackiness and zaniness to it. It's not a good movie, and I would really love to talk about it on this channel at some point, but I don't know. Personally, I have more of a nostalgia connection with Back in Action than I do Space Jam, if I'm being honest, and I'm not just saying that I think it's better because of that. No, I just objectively, I think Back in Action is a much better, is a, not a much better, it's a, just a better film. It's just, this is a lot of fun. It's really funny. It's got some really cool moments, but overall, it's not a great film. It's not a great basketball film. It's not a great Looney Tunes. The acting's not that great. The CGI and green screen are really bad, just really dated. And there's just a lot of really interesting story elements that they introduce that they just end up doing nothing with. So I don't know. It's interesting to me that of all the movies that have come out at that time, why Space Jam? Because millennial humor is 90% centered in liking something ironically until you brainwash yourself into liking it genuinely. Very true. Very, very true. I forgot about that. Riley, after everything you've said, how would you score this movie? Well, I'm going to give it two scores, okay? Objectively, as a film, I'd probably give it a four, honestly, but as a subjective fan of Looney Tunes, as just someone who's looking to this movie as for what it is, I'd probably give it like an eight. So for that reason, I'll probably give it a six and a half out of ten. Okay. It's a really fun ride. Just as a person who's a fan of this, it's a lot of fun, but judging this as a film, it's not that good. For that reason, I'm going to get the middle ground. I'm going to give it a six and a half out of ten. I mean... The animation is good, but it doesn't blend well with real life. It's hilarious in concept, but falters a lot on execution. Oddly enough, the funniest parts are the parts that aren't the Looney Tunes. Yeah. I feel like this is overall a very mediocre film. I'm probably going to give it a 7. Good effort. I don't hate you, but ew, you came up pretty short. You know, when you said 8, I'm like, oh my god, is this going to be the first? time I hate something more than Riley? <laughs> Wait till we review Gods of Egypt. Wait, are you implying that you like that movie and I would hate it? I don't know. I don't know. I was just I, I, I couldn't think of anything, so I just thought of a movie nah, that's nah, really... Nah. I just thought of a movie that's really bad that I love. Maybe we will rate that someday, because I want there to be my idealist and your cynic get swapped at least once. We've came close a few times. Yeah, yeah. Before we end, can we talk about fucking Space Jam 2? And not just as in, the movie that doesn't make my dick hard, boys! Like, <laughs> this movie, people like it because of how goddamn stupid and crazy the concept is. Yeah. Space Jam 2, from what I've read, isn't the plot like... Don Cheadle kidnaps LeBron James's son to blackmail him into giving him his Twitter followers. So LeBron James teams up with the Looney Tunes to take on Pennywise? Like, what? I know nothing about the plot. That sounds about right to me. I don't know. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, to be perfectly honest with you. Also, it should be noted, that movie's being produced by Ryan Coogler, who's a really good director. He made Fruitvale Station, Creed, 
Black Panther, and at first I was very confused as to why he'd be making a Space Jam sequel. But then I realized, I mean, he loves movies that have Michael Jordan in them. <laughs> but um. Yeah. Actually, that's a joke on the fact that Michael B. Jordan is an actor who works with Ryan Coogler in most of his films. That is kind of relevant because the Screen Actors Guild, it's a big union that most Hollywood actors are a part of. They have rules that say that two actors can't have the same name. So Michael B. Jordan, who's one of the best actors that's come about in the last couple of years, he has to have his middle initial legally because there's already an actor named Michael Jordan. That's crazy, honestly. So, you know, a lot of people are talking about, like, this new Justice League movie that they either hate or really like. Not the one directed by Joss Whedon, the other Justice League movie. So, you know what, Riley? I think we should watch that one Justice League movie that was not directed by Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. Next week. Yep, I completely agree. Yes, next week we are going to be watching Justice League of America. The straight TV movie that was going to act as a pilot to an entire TV show, but never saw the light of day after that pilot. Yeah, we'll get you eventually, Snyder Cut. What Justice League movie were you guys thinking about? Not yet, Snyder Cut. Riley, where can they find you? You can all find me on YouTube at Riley Thorpe, where you can check out all of my short films, a couple of which just got accepted into a couple film festivals, so you know they're damn good. You can also check out my Instagram and my TikTok, where I have a lot of content on there, and on my Instagram in particular, I post a lot of updates to whenever a new episode of this show comes out, or when a new YouTube video of mine comes out. But it's pretty soon I will be creating social media accounts for this show specifically, so stay tuned for that. You can all find me on Twitter at JarmsCasey, J-A-R-M-E-S-C-A-S-C-Y. You can find basically all my work, all my indie games and short stories at CaseyJarms.wordpress.com. While you're there, maybe check out Double Elimination Soul Survivor. It's a book I wrote once. I put first couple chapters of it on my website because the sequel's coming out in the fall and want to get readers interested. And if you like that, Buy the book. Give me money. Give us money. We'll be back next week, assuming we don't get sucked down a gull hole. As always, I'm Casey Jarms. And I'm Riley Thorpe. And hey, it's just a movie. Don't lose your head about it. Especially not to a ladder.